Welcome to Out and About, a talk show here on WNHH about transgender issues in the news and transgender issues in general. My name is Melissa Lukes. Thanks for joining me this week. Elijah is a gender-variant trans community organizer who has actively endeavored towards trans rights, education, health, inclusion, and happiness at the national and local levels since 2008. He is especially devoted to interfaith and intergenerational efforts and is currently based in New Haven, where he helps organize trans programming and fundraising for scholarships and community space at the New Haven Pride Center. He uses he or they pronouns, and and after living all over the U.S., he really doesn't mind talking about gender with just about anybody. So that's great. We're going to have a great show today. Elijah, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Tell us a little bit about some of the specific things that you've done in the past and a little bit about your your background to get us rolling. Uh, Well, I started doing some trans community organizing back in high school. I was involved with GLSEN, uh, with, uh, do you know about GLSEN? No, I do not. Why don't you tell us? Uh, So GLSEN is the organization that sort of invented uh, gay-straight alliances in high schools and middle schools. And uh, they still do a lot of work, and not only in uh, helping provide uh, resources for students to start uh, these kinds of gay-straight alliances or now trans-inclusive LGBT groups, um, but they also uh, do a lot to work towards changing policies, anti-bullying efforts for all students. So I, I started out. I started out with that. Um, I went to women's college, <laughs> okay, <laughs> uh, where I, I started coming out to more people as trans. Um, and uh, at that time, there was a lot of discussion about what it meant to be trans at a women's college. So I was involved in that uh, with other trans masculine people at my college, which was Mount Holyoke. Oh, um, sure, yeah. And at this time, uh, Calliope Wong... Do you know about Calliope Wong? Yes, yep. Calliope Wong was uh, uh, bringing trans women in women's colleges uh, to the forefront. So that debate was happening, and uh, eventually uh, the women's colleges uh, decided to accept trans women based on what Calliope uh, made happen, essentially, right. by being a squeaky wheel. Right. Mount Holyoke was one of the first colleges to do that, weren't they? Or Yeah, I think yeah, they were the yeah, first. I, I think, think they so were too. the first. Yeah. Uh, Calliope's actually uh, from Connecticut. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, so she's <laughs> actually, you, you know, I'm on the board of the Pride Center, and one yep. of the things we do every year is the Dorothy Awards to mm-hmm. honor people in the community who have uh, been actively making a huge impact. And Calliope is actually going to be honored this year. Oh, excellent. Yeah, oh, excellent. Star. We're going to get to that yeah. shortly. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, I went to women's college. We had all those debates. I came back to Connecticut, uh, where I went to high school and was also, I was born in New Haven, mm-hmm. um, and uh, got involved with the Pride Center, which has become very transified over the years. Well, well that's, of course, is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, it used to be called the New Haven uh, Gay and Lesbian Community Center, uh, and has moved towards the New Haven Pride Center, and now... Uh, the trans adult support group, which I helped to organize, is probably the most uh, populated and vibrant group that is happening right now at the center. 
That's excellent. Well, as long as we're on the topic of the the, the Pride Center, maybe you want to uh, tell us a little bit about, a little bit about it in general, and for anybody that's not familiar with it, what it's what it's all about. So the New Haven Pride Center uh, is right in downtown New Haven. Uh, it's a center that's open to anything that the community would need, whether it's uh, social. Um, whether it's a, a legal group, whether it's a, a support group, um, even we have uh, parties occasionally. <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> um, we recently had a Trans Day of Remembrance mm-hmm. uh, memorial and uh, resource event. Um, and the original idea of the Pride Center was to create a space where uh, people could come and make things happen. Uh, that they might not have any other space to make happen. Uh, so that's that's what we are. We're just we're just a, an open space. And recently, some of the things that have been very active uh, groups are legal guidance drop-in. We have a board game gathering. We have uh, a support group for LGBTQ people with developmental disabilities. And then the trans adult support group is is very big right now. About how many people in gen- in total participate in all the activities at the center? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm mostly involved with the trans aspect of yeah. everything. I know that that has been about a hundred people this year, at least. Is that right? And yeah. what what's the, you say? It's an adult support group. Is it primarily younger people? Is it all ages who participate? It's in that? actually very intergenerational, which I. I'm very excited about. Me too, yeah, it's um, great. So we have people who are older, people with kids, people who are transitioning or uh, coming to awareness of, of transness later in life. We have people who are younger in college, people who uh, have recently graduated high school. And we have a lot of people in between like me who are kind of, you know, 20s, 30s. Yep, yeah. yeah. And let's let's say right now, if somebody would like to get involved in that, is there an email or how should they uh, initiate contact with the center to join that group? Yeah, so you can uh, email uh, nhglcc at gmail.com. That's the official Pride Center name legally, and it's our old email, so New Haven Gay and Lesbian Community Center. Um, but you can also um, contact anyone who's in the group because it's completely run democratically. So uh, the only requirements to, to join the group are that uh, you're trans, either um, out or not out. Uh, confidentiality is really important to the group. So uh, if you're not able to be out, that's something that we take very seriously. Um, and uh, to be over 18, because mm-hmm. there's a separate youth group that's run by Tony Ferriolo. Tony was a guest on this show uh, three months ago, and he yeah, talked about great. that. Yeah, Tony's he really great. is great. <laughs> um, and uh, that's it. Oh, I mean, you know, don't be a serial killer, I guess. Well, fair enough. <laughs> that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah. So if you identify as trans, it uh, could be in a, in a non-binary sense as well, in an agendered sense. Um, any kind of, of transness is welcome and questioning as well. And uh, what's the Pride, uh, Pride Center's website? There's a website, isn't there, they can go to to take a look at? I don't know it off the top of my head while you're checking. I am going to check that because I also don't know it off of my head, which is very bad of me. I'm a bad millennial. 
<laughs> I hear you. Yeah. And there, there are also, uh, you mentioned briefly, is, is for children. Now, or young adults, let's put it that way while, mm -hmm. while you're looking. Uh, can a young adult just approach the center directly or do parents need an involvement or are you knowledgeable at all in that area? That well, that, the youth support group is run out of Norwalk. Uh, that's through the Triangle Community Center. Oh, okay, yeah. okay. So I, I would either directly contact uh, the Triangle Community Center or Tony Ferriolo. Uh, because I mean we, we know we're all connected with each other right. we all know okay. each other but uh, that would be the fastest way so if someone's listening that's under 18 or uh, someone's listening that has a child that's under 18 it might be uh, appropriate for that group they can basically yeah. use the same email address and, and you can, can always come to our social events as well okay our social events as well and uh, there were youth at our trans day of remembrance event as well. Oh, and uh, the website for the New Haven Pride Center is just newhavenpridecenter.org. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, newhavenpridecenter.org. Okay, I've gone through that website. There's a lot of good information on there. It looks like there's a new website uh, on the way. Uh, I'm sure it relates to your work here at the uh, the Pride Center, but I'd love to hear a little bit about what you do in terms of trans education, because I personally feel that that's so important that a lot of people that are have opinions of transgender and what transgender is is really their opinions are wrong because they just don't know any better yeah and it's not entirely their fault you know because we are going through a renaissance right now in terms of trans language in terms of trans uh uh identity in terms of trans pride so uh, things are changing rapidly but i think basic understanding of what transness is is something that you can learn in 10 minutes if you're not afraid to ask questions from the right person right sure absolutely um, so i do a lot of trans 101 uh, in churches uh, that are open and affirming they have or are thinking about becoming open and affirming they have that rainbow flag flying out front but they've never heard of transness <laughs> gotcha you know so they're thinking oh you know maybe some gay couples will come here and then someone sees that flag interprets it as this is a welcoming space comes and realizes that uh, their interpretation of what that flag means is completely different than the expectations of the people who set it flying that's very interesting. Yeah. So that's happened to me a lot. Oh, uh, you do that. You do that education locally by actually going to the churches and talking to the uh, officials of the church. That yep. basically it. Yep. Okay. How do they react? Do they get out of here? Or are they pretty supportive when they when they learn what what trans really is? I think people are excited to get uh, free education from me. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think I think people are afraid to ask, and. I think a newly out trans person is not the right person to ask because a lot of the times the first time someone's coming in contact with transness is if they have a friend or a family member who is now out or is transitioning. And this is a person who's under a lot of emotional stress. This is a person who may be going through hormonal changes, who's dealing with a complex and often hostile legal system, someone who may have push transition as far as they could take it and are now under intense emotional stress um, because they really tried everything before transition um, and are have hit rock bottom so that's why they need to get the medical treatment that they need or the legal treatment that they need so if you're asking someone who's 
who's under that kind of emotional stress to explain transness, it's an emotional burden that they might not want to take on. Sure, absolutely, yeah. So it's it's sometimes good to ask someone who, like me, has been out for... How long have I been out? Since 2008? Okay. Yeah. Um, so and, and so for so, so yeah. for for me, also having kind of a an extroverted personality compared to a lot of people. Yeah. I, you know, I'm 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 a good person to ask. And the people who, who are happy to give trans one oh one will tell you, you know. Uh, so so that's that's I think one of the reasons that people are so afraid to ask and you know, if you ask the right person it's it's really okay. And you can get all of your discomfort out of the way in large part very quickly with the right person. That's excellent. And again, if, if somebody wants to learn more about what transgender is, they can contact you through that same email address. Is that yep. the best bet? And why don't you uh, give it to us again? Yeah, nhglcc at gmail.com. So oh. New Haven Gay and Lesbian Community Center our old identity okay. <laughs> at gmail.com. And I'll ask you to repeat that again because I know sometimes email addresses are tough. Before we're done, we'll, uh, we'll repeat that again. Yeah, absolutely. Now the dreaded topic of changes in Washington and possible walking back from the great, in my opinion, the great strides we made in terms of trans acceptance over the last eight years with the new administration. What do you see happening and what are you doing and have done so far in terms of trans advocacy and how do you see that changing uh, as of January 21st? Well, uh, let me be clear right now that I'm speaking on my own behalf. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> <laughs> the New Haven Pride Center has provided a lot of new resources in light of the emotional climate uh, that has and the legal climate that's been happening. Uh, surrounding the recent election so there's new legal uh resources a lot of people have been energized to volunteer for the first time so we're able to start new kinds of programming for the first time uh but we actually are not allowed to take a, a political position but i am okay well, <laughs> so fair speaking enough. for yeah. myself um i i am extremely nervous because um just about what's happening with healthcare, uh, about what's been happening with the specifically anti-trans bills, a lot of which are specifically targeted against trans women. You know, just the th fact that people are not sure what's going to happen with their health insurance. A lot of trans people who can't find work because of discrimination are either low income or no income, so they rely on state resources uh, especially for medical care and if you don't have medical care then it's gonna have to go back to what we have been doing before which is you know you have to have a spaghetti dinner to get your basic medical care you have to uh, have a GoFundMe constantly and you know we've we survived that way before 2015 which was when people started hearing about transness and laws started getting passed uh, more widely for or against us. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, it's not good. And it, it's an emotional stress that our community doesn't deserve and doesn't need, where you're being used as a scapegoat for a lot of cultural issues, when really we're just a very small and vulnerable group who wants medical care 
uh, for a medical condition um, or people who just want recognition of uh, their innate identity, which you know is increasingly legally recognized throughout the world, throughout the United States, uh, by uh, a lot of uh, non-Western cultures, um, which have been kind of suppressed in terms of people hearing about them or respecting them. And so, you know, it's, it's a tense political climate that has uh, very real effects on people's day-to-day life. I myself have become more active, first of all, by starting this radio show. And we give thanks to WNHH uh, Lucy Gelman for uh, allowing us to have this show, which is great. But I've also uh, gotten much more involved myself with the uh, you know, National Center for Transgender Equality, Human Rights Campaign, GLAAD. And uh, uh, I think we all need to definitely become more active with the, uh, the changing. And healthcare is just something that uh, it just amazes me how anybody would, would not be in favor of healthcare for everyone, especially trans people. It's, it's I mean, it saves, it saves everybody money. I don't, I don't see how there's a financial argument against it. To me, any argument against healthcare, especially for trans people, uh, if you're saying that it's about saving money, it's completely absurd. Like, the numbers right. just don't match up. Right. And I haven't, heard, I personally haven't heard that money argument too much. It's more... I, th- I think people use that argument to kind of sidetrack from what it actually is which is i don't understand this and therefore it must not be real or i disagree with this for religious or philosophical reasons i've never met a trans person before so it just seems absurd to me you know and you know it's just a lack of exposure or outright prejudice you know so people try to rationalize it and once again, the Pride Center here in New Haven really is a, a good resource to, to get involved. If anyone's listening, you're thinking about, gee, how can I help or become a little bit uh, more educated or become even a little more, more active in active in trans activism, if you will. Yeah, even Pride. if you want to start a group, lead an organization, we're a space where you can meet for free. <laughs> you can't beat that deal, that's for yeah. sure. Um, we're back up just a, a little bit. How did you actually decide you wanted to get into the education and activism part of transit obviously there are many transgender folks around who aren't even uh, in the last eight ten years haven't been even if they're out they haven't been that active or it doesn't really float their boat how did how did you decide you really wanted to get into that and how did you get involved i think it was for selfish reasons you know i wanted more rights i wanted to be recognized uh part of what it means to be non-binary or you know whatever you would describe me as gender variant mm-hmm. uh, is that I can't uh, undergo a uh, a transition from the gender I was assigned at birth to what is considered the opposite gender and be done. You know I can't pass and be done, which is uh, what a lot of people want or what is understood to be the traditional path of transness. But I I. In order to feel uh, truly connected uh, to people, I, I, I feel like I need to constantly explain myself. <laughs> and so after you do it for a while, you get good at it, you realize you're good at it, you start doing it on behalf of other people. And, uh, you know, I, I just, I feel so productive and so much happier once I'm... A- actively 
working towards uh, better treatment in general for my community. Because if, if I wasn't doing this stuff, I would just feel, uh, I would feel helpless on the wave of whatever positive or negative legislation is happening. Is there one instance or thing that occurred in your education and activism that stands out as a wonderful experience for you? Is there anything in particular you say, wow, that was really great? Oh, you mean like uh, educating other people? Right. If maybe someone, you turn someone's mind around 180 degrees or you really saw oh, somebody I come people, out. I change people's yeah. minds all the time. I change people's minds all the time. And I'm very Machiavellian about it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> you know, I, I, um, as I get older, I've, I've actively worked on reading about how to change people's minds, how to talk to people who have completely different perspectives. I've read social theory. I go to the library and I, I read about um, human behavior. I read about uh, how to argue effectively in a way that changes people's minds rather than, you know, just being the loudest one or being the one who you uh, think is right. So I, I have worked towards becoming a better convincer and some of the people, including some of my family, including a lot of older people, who a lot of people assume that older people just can't learn, which is absolutely not true because some of the loudest uh, supporters I have are older people. You know, it's 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 absolutely not true, and um, it is very possible to change people's minds. So every time I I do education, I change someone's mind, and it's not just one conversation uh, with people who are who are really uh, opposed to transness. It's a lot of different conversations and a lot of different levels of acceptance. And uh, I'm someone who has changed political views over time. I was raised fundamentalist Christian, very conservative. I became uh, uh, sort of now uh, politically independent. <laughs> so uh, it's knowing that people can change, having the confidence that people will change, having enough supportive people in your life, a lot of enough supportive systems in your life where uh, it's not too emotionally draining to to have these conversations with people who aren't there yet or might not get there uh, in the time that you're associated with them. Yes. Uh, yeah. it, it, it all helps you become more effective. You know, it's, it's not just one education session and everyone gets it. It's starting the conversation, leaving yourself open to questions, uh, being able to respond in a way that isn't... Um, uh, I think it's important to be able to respond emotionally without uh, responding in a way that's reactive. You have to respond in a way that's productive, that's going to change things for your community. Have you ever encountered a group that just isn't going to change your opinion, that you've been, you walked out totally frustrated and got nowhere with? Is there any type of groups that are like that? Yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I, I've started educating people probably specifically on trans issues starting around 2010 very very specifically and uh, groups that I got nowhere with in 2010 now are very pro-trans so having had the time 
uh, of being involved and seeing like my absolute frustration turn into wow this group is really supportive and is now getting it I I feel a lot more peaceful <laughs> when I run into people who are very anti-trans I think that regardless of anyone's opinion of, of Caitlyn Jenner herself I think that the whole transition did the trans community uh, got us some good visibility at, at a minimum and, and yeah. got us a little bit more in the mainstream if you will yeah, I mean, that's always the double-edged sword with visibility because you have more defenders and you have more opponents. Yes, that's true, and that, that became polarizing, but it, did, it got a TV show and, and, yeah. and it did, did get us some, someone on the front, uh, well, cover it, it opened Well, it opened the, the floor to uh, commercially valuable visibility, which is very important in changing people's perspectives in our particular culture. It is, yeah. it is, so I, th so I think that helped. You know, we're now getting trans actors playing trans roles. Have you ever seen um, uh, Sense8? I have not seen that. Oh, it's yeah. it's great. There's a there's a trans actress playing a trans woman, and that's the way that, it should be. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's so soon after Caitlyn Jenner, and I think it's because uh, people were now able to market this uh, to investors uh, because of of the interest around what happened with Caitlyn Jenner. As much as I completely disagree with Caitlyn Jenner politically. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I, uh, a couple months ago on this show, I interviewed Jenny Boylan, and she was a, a minor consultant, if you will, on uh, Transparent. And she said how great it was that the E! Network really hired more trans people to be involved in that show. I guess when she first met with them, there was, there was little, if any, real trans people involved in that show. And yeah. over time, they, they brought people in, and the members of the crew, as a matter of fact, were trans. I thought that was a, a great step forward. You know, it's very interesting, because I actually haven't seen Transparent, and I haven't seen a lot of LGBT, and particularly trans-related cinema. Because, for me, I just, you know, I know too much, so it, it, it bothers me, like, little things that aren't right. Right, and, yeah. But... I'll get a lot of uh, cis people, especially people who are new to thinking about transness, talking to me about these shows, and it's starting a conversation that I wouldn't normally have been able to have with them. Like when I started working with the Pride Center, uh, I guess it was three years ago, I did not think that non-binary people ever would be something that was discussed at the national level, ever. I, I assumed that I was going to have to stick close to my community in order to be recognized and by no choice of my own be closeted with everybody mm -hmm. else. Yep. So, uh, you know, just knowing that cis people are watching this flawed television stuff and getting something out of it that's starting a conversation with me makes me feel better about the stuff that kind of grinds my gears as someone who knows more trans people than cis people, <laughs> you know? Let, let's talk about the local level here. And have you ever uh, done any type of education about transgender in the local schools? Um, actually, I have, through GLSEN, as a volunteer for GLSEN, taught uh, about trans and LGBT youth uh, in teaching classes in colleges. 
uh, and we have uh, with Glisten, which which also is housed here at the Pride Center, uh, students who teach. Uh, we uh, have workshops at uh, True Colors. Uh, you know about True Colors? Yep, that's coming up in March. Yeah, yeah, the the largest LGBT youth conference. And uh, so a lot of those workshops now are very trans-centric, um, which, again, has to do with the renaissance in, in trans pride that's happening right now. My experience, I'm curious whether you agree with the statement, it seems to me that young people are much more, at the, right at the get-go, more accepting of trans people. And it almost seems like as they get older... I think we're going to make some progress in terms of less discrimination against us just because the young people will become older and they will become the the, the politicians of the future. Uh, I, young people seem to kind of almost, a lot of my money says like they could really care less if you're trans or not. It's just you are who you are. And I think that's a very encouraging sign for the future. I wonder what your opinion is on that. I agree and disagree with that. Okay. Because I think that we're seeing right now uh, a radicalization of uh, racism, sexism, and anti-transness, mm-hmm. anti-LGBT uh, ideas among youth. Okay. And uh, I think acceptance of transness is very regional in this country. Uh, I think uh, it's very... Uh, reliant on a lot of different uh, educational uh, opportunities and I think that older people have had more life experience they've known more people they've seen more of the variations that happen in gender and sexuality over the course of their lives so when you start talking to an older person about transness there's all of these connections to past people that they've known, past things that have happened in their lives, some feelings they may have had themselves, where um, you may be able to have a more in-depth conversation. Okay. So so I, 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 I also agree that young people are more pro-LGBT uh, statistically, but I think that statistic is very reliant on on other factors, you know. Yeah, that's a that's a valid point because you see so much of the uh, discrimination that seems to be rearing its ugly head right now. It's, it's not just L- against LGBT people, so there are a lot of other groups too. Yeah, I mean, as a as a Jew, I feel very uncomfortable right now. <laughs> that's very sad, in my yeah. opinion. It, it really is. Uh, um, tell us a little bit about. Uh, the upcoming, we you talked just, a, we hit on it very briefly, the uh, True Colors Conference. Uh, are you able to give our listeners a little bit of uh, more detail of what that is? And then uh, I'm also aware of uh, Transgender Lives that happens in uh, the end of April, which is for adults. That's a great one-day transgender conference up in uh, uh, Yukon, Farmington. But uh, might be nice if you talk a little bit about the, the True Colors Conference. Yeah, absolutely. So True Colors is happening uh, in March this year. It always happens at UConn, uh, as does the Transgender Lives Conference, which I'm actually going to look up when that happens right now. Uh, I think it's the last Saturday in April, and uh, 
True Colors, I believe, happens at UConn stores. Transgender Lives happens at uh, the UConn Health Center in Farmington. Yes, uh, yeah. absolutely. Uh, so um, True Colors is one of the things that makes Connecticut a great place to be a young person who's LGBT or a, an older person who wants to give back, who wants to see how far we've come. There are so many resources in Connecticut for LGBT people compared to other places in the United States. And if you go to True Colors, you're going to see kids discussing things that you never thought were possible to discuss. Gender identity, gender identity uh, intersecting with other things, medical care, um, legal rights. Um, and the same thing for the um, Transgender Lives Conference. You can talk to people who've really been through it, who uh, were out as trans very early on, who struggled through the medical system, uh, which even now is pretty awful for trans people. Yes. Um, so if, if you are a trans person who wants to be surrounded by resources, uh, whether you're young or whether you're a little bit older, uh, either one of these conferences is an amazing place to go. If you are a cis person, especially a medical or legal provider who wants to be supportive of the community or doesn't know what to think of the community, either of these conferences is an amazing place to go. And they, they will be packed with, with people who will answer your questions. Yes, I, I've go, I go to them and they're really, they're really wonderful uh, conferences and they have really exceptional uh, speakers. And a lot of times they're from the national level too. Uh, yes, absolutely. Uh, last year was Kate Bornstein, a very uh, famous trans author. She was there. And it was, yeah, uh, she's she's trans famous. Yeah, yes, that's very true. Like trans Calliope. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah. uh, and again, if, if you'd like more information on those conferences, I believe you can just search on True Colors Connecticut and you'll get that website. Yes. And uh, for the uh, Transgender Lives, if you just, there's a great organization, Connecticut Trans Advocacy Coalition, if you search on that. And I believe also if you just search on Transgender Lives Connecticut, you'll get the websites there. Both great conferences. Backing way up now, I, I made a mental note. You mentioned uh, some of the events that the Pride Center is doing, and you mentioned the Dorothy Awards. I know that's a, that's a big thing that the Pride Center does. Why, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, the Dorothy Awards uh, is an annual event uh, that happens. Uh, let me. I'm going to look up when it happens next. It's in the beginning of March, sometime I think. Yeah, I I, I believe so. We're actually having a a, a planning event uh, tomorrow, <laughs> uh -huh. but uh, the Dorothy Awards recognizes. Uh, people who have really changed things in our community, people who are in entertainment uh, based out of Connecticut, people who uh, have created businesses that have changed our community, people who have changed legislation in our community, and the LGBT community in Connecticut right now has a very good relationship uh, with our legislators. So uh, we've had... Uh, what what is what are whatever I'm trying to remember who it was all who's been in here, but it's it's pretty much every Democratic legislator has come to either the Dorothy Awards or has come to one of our events, has That's spoken. Yeah. Uh, Mayor Tony Harp has spoken. So so we have developed a report that's very good. So um, we tend to honor people who do that, people who run events like True Colors, people like 
uh, the Imperial Sovereign Court of all Connecticut. Oh yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, who are some of the the best fundraisers? Yes, indeed. Yeah, it's a it's a drag troupe uh, who ha- really does amazing things for the community by donating their tips. Right. Um, yeah. 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 We uh, recognize people who have made strides towards uh, trans rights, especially because that's the major fight right now. Uh, we're also uh, uh, recognizing people who have done things uh, to improve relationships with groups that we don't normally <laughs> historically have good relationships yeah, yeah. with. So um, the Dorothy Awards is a great place uh, to, to make sure that, that people in our community are recognized for their efforts. A lot of it's being done for free. A lot of it, people are... are putting a lot of emotional and financial effort into changing things for everyone and they deserve to be recognized it's also a fundraiser so uh we all dress up fancy and uh i really look cute in my tuxedo so it's good for you that's that's great and that's coming up again beginning of march and where is that going to be held this year um i'm not sure if we've decided yet oh okay yeah i uh i need to go to the uh volunteer meeting tomorrow that I can answer your question. Well, once again, all the information yeah. on that is on the Pride Center website. Yeah, we're on our Facebook page. Oh, that's, we haven't talked about the Facebook page. Why don't you tell, uh, tell folks what, what that, where you can find the Pride Center on in Facebook and in, is it Twitter also or no? I don't think we're on Twitter. Okay. Well, uh, I personally, I, I don't tweet. I'm again, a bad millennial, but, uh, I think if you just type New Haven Pride Center into uh, the search bar. Search in Facebook? Yeah, you'll, we'll come right up. We're on 84 Orange Street. Our, our icon is, is up there. It's, uh, it's a bunch of squares and one pink triangle. Excellent. Yeah. That's, that's very good. Uh, you mentioned that the Pride Center is involved in the uh, Transgender Day of Remembrance, which just happened back in November, which unfortunately I couldn't make, but I'll, I'll be there this year. Uh, are there any other major events, uh, highlights of the year of the uh, Pride Center that you want to speak a little bit about that are besides the Dorothy Awards and big big events. Well, we did we did launch legal guidance drop in hours, which has been huge, especially since it happened around this election season, which has been a time of high anxiety. Yes, um, and it's also not right now a time when a lot of people are uh, seeking legal recognition or seeking legal rights. You know, I remember when I started out with activism, a lot of trans people just didn't have hope that they would be able to transition legally, that they would be able to get a job, that they would be able to have housing rights, that they would be able to receive medical care, you know, basic human stuff. Yes, yes. Uh, and, you know, now that we've, we've tasted hope, uh, we're fighting and... Uh, in Connecticut, at least, we're winning. Um, at the national level, not so much. I'm afraid you're right. Yeah. So um, legal legal guidance drop in hours has been something that we're extremely proud of. The the uh, trans support group exploding, um, a lot of new volunteers, and uh, we we always have holiday parties. We have um, uh, around the election season we had. Uh, discussions after Orlando um, uh, with you know a lot of different organizations about what it means to be safe in the community Uh, we uh, also have very successfully uh, organized a a lot of 
scholarships. So we've gotten a lot of new donations and our scholarships go to LGBT uh, active people, uh, students, uh, both higher education um, and uh, master's degree programs. So we, we've really been able to expand our resources and it, it's just all about people who send us an email and say, I have the skill, can I do this for the community? And we say, let's set you up, you know? That's excellent. That's very good. And we've been, we've been focusing on the trans aspect of the Pride Center, but of course it's really uh, uh, LGBT and LBGTQ probably uh, in general and, yeah. and everyone, all different uh, members of that community, I imagine, are certainly welcome. And uh, Oh yeah, we have... We have just about everybody at well, the Pride Center. Well, that's great. Center. It really is we, great. We really do. And, um, you know, we had a bisexuals potluck, which I, I organized, and I got to hang out with other bisexual, pansexual people. Um, and uh, it, it's, just been, it's just been really great to expand our offerings and also to be able to maintain strong relationships with all of the different letters and continue to expand those relationships because as a community, we're brought together, not so much by being exactly similar to each other, but by having similar challenges facing us uh, socially, legally, medically. And so the fact that the Pride Center right now is inclusive of trans people, inclusive of bi people, and is also strong uh, with you know, gay men, with lesbian women, with people who elude categories, right, yeah, yeah. Um, people who identify as queer, um, it's it's just been great to be able to partner with all of these these different aspects of our very uh, diverse and sometimes fractured community. And you actually just brought up a great point: is that it's not necessary for for anyone to feel they need to put themselves in a particular category or a particular bucket, if you will. It, it, if you're not sure, you maybe you're a combination of all different uh, variants. Uh, you're welcome at the Pride Center, and you're, you're welcome. You should be yourself. That's you know, yeah. don't don't. That's always my advice: is don't don't try to figure out, you know, what category you're in. Just be yourself. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, there are definitely a lot of very active straight allies in the community. A lot of them parents, a lot of them friends, a lot of them people who've had. Uh, uh, unusual life paths so they ended up identifying as straight but have have felt and experienced things that make them very supportive of uh, the right to have your own journey yeah and we're actually uh, doing today's show from uh, from the pride center and i can attest to it's a it's a very uh, friendly uh, warm space here it's very we're, we're very comfortable in here and uh, it's a uh, it's a nice it's a very convenient location and uh, uh, I, I certainly would encourage everybody that, that's it, at all interested to uh, to at least take a look at it or, or, or learn more about uh, what's done here and, and hopefully participate. So we're going to go over one more time. If people want information about the Pride Center, the email address one more time is? nhglcc at gmail.com. And the uh, website is? newhavenpridecenter.org. Okay, great. And again, you can just uh, search on the New Haven Pride Center on Facebook. It'll come up there and you can, uh, it's, it's a group. Is it a group or just something you like on Facebook? Uh, it's a page. Okay. Yeah, and all of our events, uh, except, except for the ones that are uh, hidden for confidentiality reasons. Yeah be up there so, so pe people yeah. can go on Facebook anonymously and take a look at what the Pride Center does too they, yeah. they're, 
but not not the not the trans adult support group right that's confidential, we, right. That's confidential. Yeah. and that's that's also an important point is that we've talked a lot about what the pride center does out and about but they're you talked somewhat about there is some earlier in the show you talked about confidentiality if you're concerned about being outed or or you need to stay in the closet for whatever reason this is a safe space for that too correct yeah the new haven pride center can be a little bit difficult to find uh if you're if you're just going by the address because we're kind of hidden out of the way uh you would buzz in and there's no giant pride flag out front so you know it, it can be a little bit frustrating to find yeah. us the first time sure but if you are worried about confidentiality i think it's a it's a great setup I think it's a great setup for us. Yeah, I, th I think yeah. so too. So again, I encourage everyone, who, whether you're out or, or not, to uh, to at least take a look at the uh, Pride Center. It really is a great resource here in the, in the city of New Haven and actually Southern Connecticut. You cover more than just New Haven. Yeah, we actually got a lot of people in from Waterbury. Right. Uh, because there's not a lot of resources in Waterbury right now. And we partner with people in Hartford, with people in Norwalk. So we do a lot of things as a community together. That's excellent. Well, that just about wraps up our uh, our show for today. I've been speaking with Elijah. Elijah is, as we've learned here on the show, a great resource for trans people, a trans activist and a trans educator, and also he's on the board of directors here at the Pride Center. And if anybody has any more questions, anything like that, you can certainly uh, go through me too if you don't remember the email addresses we gave out. And my email address is WNHHMelissa at yahoo.com and I'll be uh, happy to forward uh, any of your questions to uh, to Elijah. I want to thank you for uh, appearing on the show and, and more than anything, thank you for what you do for trans people. It's really, people like you are, I think, underappreciated and, and I'd like to thank you for all your work. Oh, shucks, Melissa. <laughs> well, thank you for having this program. It's, it's really great to have a trans program that actually <laughs> is, uh, is uh, focused on trans issues. And uh, that thank you very much and if anyone listening has any uh, trans issue the, the issues they'd like to discuss on the show here or any uh, thoughts of items you'd like me to bring up on the transgender news show that I also do here on WNHH give me an email I'm open to uh, to hearing from everyone and then if you have something to say love to love to interview you on a uh, on a future show thanks again Elijah I really appreciate you taking the time to uh, to speak with me Thanks for listening to Out and About. I'm Melissa Lukes. I'll be back again next month with another show. I thank you for listening, and I'll speak with you again soon.